0: Looking for a child star missing in London Hanging with a new crowd that dressed like the undead If you jump jumping bail, you know he's gonna find you So you better figure out where you gonna run to Where you gonna run to now in the jungle, he got snakes on a plane. The bounty hunter's coming and don't care if you'll frame. You don't know him, he's a man with no
1: name. Hello everyone, I'm Bob Main and welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. A practical show done by a practical guy and that is me. This is episode 541 being released on March 7th, 2017. Twenty-one. Ben Branham joined me this week. We talked about three major topics. And we had a lot of fun with this episode. We talked about what we've been shooting lately. And then the second topic is what we have had on our wish list for a while. What we want to get. And then the third topic was a little bit about the gun control issues that we face. That's coming up to all people who our second amendment lovers it's coming our way and we're going to have to fight it back as much as we can remember this show is sponsored by concealment solutions concealment solutions is one of the best holster makers ever and i just i love their products i use them i will not allow anybody to advertise anything on this show that I will not use and endorse, and I definitely endorse Concealment Solutions. If you need a good holster, check them out concealmentsolutions.com 10% discount using the coupon code HandgunWorld just because you listen to this show. Well, let's get right to it. Ben Branham joined me, and we had a lot of fun with this interview. Well, this week's guest, Ben Branham from Modern Self Protection. Welcome back to the show, Ben. Hey,
2: happy to be here. It's always nice to be on your show, Bob.
1: Well, many, many times you've been on this show, and, and of course, people know we've taught a lot of classes together, but, you know, uh, doing this over um, over Skype, it's, I, I noticed it was like seven months ago since the last time we recorded. Well, at least over
2: Skype. I know we've done it in person, in the car and stuff. But we did. I think this gives better sound quality when we're both at our home offices doing the cool stuff. So
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's a lot better. Well, thanks for coming on. So there's basically three things that I wanted to talk to you about. Number one, which guns that, that you've been shooting a lot lately, lately and why. And I'll talk about some that I've been shooting a lot lately. And then I figured we would talk about guns that we want to have, because that's always a great subject that people can relate to. And last, uh, let's talk about some of the gun rights challenges that are uh, before us. How's that sound?
2: That sounds like fun. All
1: right. Sort let, of. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Well, for people that might not know, if you're a new listener here at Handgun World, uh, Ben's podcast is Modern Self Protection. And if you are not subscribed and listening to his podcast, do it do it now get signed up and uh, and start listening uh when's when's the last time you put out an episode ben uh, a couple weeks ago i was working on one today when you called so
2: i sidelined my own podcast to do yours
1: <laughs> and i appreciate that listeners should know i just called ben about 10 minutes ago and i said hey you know what uh, can you do an interview with me for for this week's show <laughs>
2: It's hard to say no to Bob. He's a great salesman.
1: Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, and this is going to release uh, later today as well, March March 7th. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about what we've been shooting lately and why. You want to start? Uh, I've been shooting
2: a lot of carbine, the little 9mm, because I really enjoy it. And, you know, before covid and everything i actually wanted to start competing on the national level doing that and i have a real knack for it i can keep up with the best of them right now and i thought this you would be the way to do it well covid sidelined everything that stupid virus but i'm still shooting a bunch of ky- carbines still having fun with it i'm shooting a cz scorpion carbine right now and because that one just integrates with me the best it's half ar half mp5 kind of thing I think it takes the best of both of those worlds with one little idiosyncrasy that really doesn't bother me. I'm still working on, but I really like it. It's quick, it's fast, it's fun, and I enjoy it.
1: And you are good at uh, at shooting it. I will attest to the fact that you are good at shooting that. I, I've I've been to competition matches with you a lot lately, and you're you're like in the top. If you're not first or second, you're you you're in third or fourth place. I mean, you're right up there.
2: Yeah, and right before COVID, I was first and second, and now I'm fourth and fifth. I think I quit shooting, and they, those guys didn't. I was trying to conserve ammo and stay inside, and a lot of people didn't that are on the shooting world that we live in. And, uh, yeah, it shows. I just need more dry practice and get back out on the range again.
1: Well, that's the challenge with a lot of us is ammo. Uh, the ammo shortage is causing a lot of people, including me, to shoot less, unfortunately.
2: Yes, that sucks a lot. I hate that.
1: <laughs> it does. It does. All right, so you've been doing the carbines. you got your CZ, which I'm jealous. I, I wish I had a nice little CZ uh, Scorpion like that. And um, how, what, what kind of accessories do you have on it, if any? Nothing right now. So I really wanted to
2: do kind of inspired by you, a thousand round trigger job and some other things. I wanted to shoot it a year with just stock out of the box. Good All idea I did was add an optic on it. And I ran, I wanted to try one of the other optics. So I bought a cheap one for 150 bucks just a dot sight slapped on there. It worked. It works. Okay. it's one of the hollow suns. I want to upgrade a little bit. I don't think the dot is as clear as it could be on their cheaper optic. I want to, I want to upgrade to one of their dot circle optics in the, the tube. I really like those over everything else. But it just runs fast. It runs quick. It slaps on there for me. So, you know, I just keep running. Other than that, I put a foregrip on there. I changed it because I changed the way I wanted to attack stages. I want to go be able to go right and left-handed. For some reason, I think old injuries, honestly, combat combat back in o3. I jacked up my wrist, and I don't think it ever really got right again just from carrying yeah. a rifle for four months. Uh, more carpal tunnel than anything. I don't know. Uh, I got, I did some stuff, and it came back, and it goes away, and eh, whatever. We just get old, right? <laughs> we
1: happens. get old, yes. We do. It so, happens. Uh, trust me. I know about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I put on a, one of those 45-degree kind of handheld stops from Magpul on the front of it just so I could shoot left-handed better which is really weird right-handed it doesn't bother me at all maybe I've been doing it for so many years I can grab the magwell, I can grab I can grab a broomstick I can grab a normal grip I can grab just the 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 forend that's there nothing really bothers me at all but if I go left-handed it all feels kind of tweaked out of spec and my hand hurts a little bit and everything else so I put that 45 degree stop on there and it just feels great so that are, that's the two things I've done, out of the box, stock, everything else. I've just been running the rifle like crazy. I have found one of the cool things. <laughs> you know, the last match I shot with you, mm-hmm. couldn't figure out why I was running behind. And then finally, by the last stage, I couldn't, I'm shooting into the, the little circles, and I know I had the dot in there because I'm slowing down to make sure the dot is where it's supposed to be, and I'm pressing the trigger, and it's not hitting the little circles. I was super pissed off. I even borrowed a guy's rifle to try it because everybody else has got their little rifle, and I tried his, and I shot the stage faster with his rifle than mine, and I'm like, what the heck? I know I'm hitting that. I I know I'm pressing the trigger, so I go to put my rifle away in the bag, and I can hear the rattle of my optic. My optic came loose, and it's rattling. Oh, yeah. On the top of those CZs, it has a plastic uh, picatinny rail on top, and I think that just from time, getting bigger, smaller, softer, whatever, it loosened up. I tightened it up. No problem. It works now. But you know, sometimes you got to learn the hard way. I should know better than that. I should be checking my gear all the time, and I just haven't been. So uh, yeah, put me like eighth on that on that match. I was very upset. I probably would have got head first. I was shooting really good, except for I couldn't hit what I'm shooting at. And I know I'm putting the dot on there. If yeah. I'd like to, it, it's always the sights, right? The sights are always off.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's always the problem is the sights, <laughs> yes. Um, or it is the wind sometimes. Uh, or it's the trigger. It could be the trigger. Could be the ammo. Could be inaccurate ammo and stuff like that. It's always something else. It's never us, right? All right. And honestly,
2: I am the person that goes too far the other way. I always assume it's me all the time without a shadow of a doubt. I never even start to think about the gear i always start to think about me what am i doing wrong why am i pressing the trigger wrong why is it not there and i've done this multiple times where my gun has been broken and i'm shooting it or another gun that i borrowed from somebody i'm shooting it and i'm like no no why can't i hit that target what <laughs> one of these i went to a boy scout shoot and they had a bunch of 22s and we're shooting little smith and wessons 22s and i can't figure out why i can't hit the broad side of a barn with this stupid 22 i'm playing with and every once in a while, I'd hit, and then I wouldn't. And I just keep, you know, focus on the front sight, press the trigger slowly. I'm doing all the perfect five fundamentals, and I'm still not hitting the target. So finally, I kind of give up, and I'm going to put this, the gun back in the box, and the rear sight falls off. So I really need to pay attention to my gear. There needs to be a, a dichotomy there. You need to find the middle of yeah. uh, where you blame yourself and where you blame your gear. I go too far on the other end. So, you know... I shot a match with a loose optic for the whole time. I've had rear sights that I've been shooting with the whole time, and then they fall off. Um, but I guess the moral of the story is to start with yourself. Make sure that you're doing what you need to do, and then check your gear.
1: And checking your gear is very important. Uh, last week, I was I was uh, shooting some competition, and one shooter had an, a real nice red dot on top of his gun, and... And uh the battery and the battery case just came flying out of the red dot. And so it shut off. He had no red dot sight. And unfortunately, he had no backup iron sights either.
2: Forgot to tighten that screw up all the way did he?
1: Well, I don't know if he forgot to tighten the screw or if it's a weak point in the optic. Uh, I'm not going to get into the optic manufacturer or model because I really don't want to start trashing because you never know. It might not be the optic's fault. It might have been, like he, like you said, you didn't check his gear. But a lesson to be learned from that, uh, if you're going to run an optic on your gun, I don't care if it's a pistol caliber carbine or if it's a pistol, have backup iron sights, right?
2: Yes, even on that CZ that I've been shooting, I keep thinking I'm going to take those backup iron sights off. And no. Just leave them on and I don't. Well, it that one's a toy, so I don't care about any battle rifle I have, anything I'm going to take out seriously depend on my life? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. have backup irons on everything.
1: And learn to shoot the backup irons too in case cuz the thing is uh, red dots are the big craze everybody likes red dots they're they're awesome they are the technology of the future i'll go ahead and admit that but they still have a fairly decent amount of flaws and weak points would you agree
2: yes and they're even weaker on the pistol than they are on the rifle correct we still have i mean we're we're finally manufacturing them and I'm super happy about that I, there's companies out there that are finally manufacturing the little tiny red dot, specially designed to go on the rear of the pistol. I don't think we're there yet. In another two or three, five years, maybe we'll be there and we'll have the perfect optic that sits on the back of the slide on the pistol. But still, most of the guys, and even our favorite ones, the RMR, that was not designed to go on a pistol. That was designed to go on a rifle. Not
1: originally. No, it was not. And so the
2: RMR two was better but I don't think they really sat down and re-engineered it. I think they just played with the footprint and some other things with it and just tweaked it so it would fit better on a pistol, not from the ground up. We really need somebody more to go from the ground up to to design the pistol and the optic to mount on the pistol from the ground up to be an optic-ready gun. We're just not doing that real well yet. I know there's some companies that are doing it well and some that aren't. I really think, and I'm going to give a shout-out to SIG, I think they're doing it really well because they mount the optic and the pistol. They make both of them, and I think they're doing it for the pistols because, well, most of the optics sit on the same plane as the sights that are already on the pistol. And, in fact, you remove the rear sight of the pistol, and on the optic is your new rear sight. Yes. And you still use the front sight, and you still it's still on the same plane, like the... 365 xl which is one of the pistols we'll talk about later that I want, and Bob just bought. Jerk. Um, <laughs> he found one. I have not. Um, I need to find one and just pull the trigger and buy it. But anyways, they're on the same plane, so you don't have the optics sitting up another inch above the sights where you have to put the giant suppressor height sights or optic height sights on there so that right. can co-witness So you don't have to work on your training. It's not changing much of your training. That pistol is at the same height. So I really like that. I really like what they're doing there. That's one of the reasons I want that as my next pistol. I want to get into this optics world and start playing on the pistol more, start learning that stuff. So far, just not as happy as I want to be with all the optics. Yeah. Trigicons Trigicons blink on and off and fly off guns. Um the hollow suns have doors and stuff fly off of them. I'm going to guess that it was a hollow sun at the last competition that you went that I didn't go to because I had family in town. Me and Bob go to the competitions all the time together. I'm going to guess that it was a hollow sun because that's the doors that I've heard fall off. And then for some reason, the SIGs, they'll go two to 5,000 rounds and just kind of blink out and be done.
1: Yeah, well, um, I would say that your guess is fairly accurate. But uh, but again, I I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm trashing uh, manufacturers of anything really um
2: all well, right I don't well that was a user error or a manufacturer error right there but
1: yeah nobody knows that really but i've but heard the...
2: it happen on all, all your op every single one of them has a problem i don't care who tested who thought it who says it's best i've seen a problem with every single one of them and they've only been out for a couple years and we've seen problems i mean bob you had one that would wink on and off all the time that was very annoying we've had them fall off guns at classes uh, we've had them wink out on us, just like that's it, it's done. It was yep. working fine two shots ago, and then now, that's it. The optics shall never come on again. So yeah,
1: and that's again, I'll say it again. The the reason for backup iron sights. It, we we just spent the last five minutes talking about that. Um, so I, I and I still see a lot of people shoot pistols and carbines with red dots, and they have no backup iron sights.
2: On a fun gun, yep. something that you're just out on the range to shoot as a toy, I don't care, doesn't matter. But as a as a, a self defense weapon, something that's going to save your life, yes, yeah. you need a backup sight on there.
1: Yeah, well, what I've been shooting a lot lately is my Glock 34, my third gen Glock 34 that I kind of went back to. I, I I went away from it for a while, now I've kind of come back to it because it's just such a fun gun to shoot. And you know, I'm still not convinced whether I shoot it even better than a ordinary Glock 19 or a, or my M&P uh, 2.0. But it's just still a lot of fun. And you know, it's 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 the pistol that uh, a lot of people have uh, shot very well in competition in the stock service pistol and the stock auto division and things like that. So I've kind of gone back to that. Although last weekend. Um, I shot my third gen Glock 19 that I got all modified up nicely.
2: <laughs> you know what we just need to do is go to the range, put up a couple drills, put you on the clock, yep. to see what you shoot more accurately and faster, and then so you could actually focus on something.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to do that. Let's let's schedule that pretty soon. Uh, you and I are both members of a local range here, so let's go do that.
2: Yeah, all we got to do is get off work, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So all we got to do is uh,
2: real lives get in the way of my shooting life.
1: I well, you. of course, yes, it it, it <laughs> happens that way, you know, and and we just need to kind of make time for it. Uh, yeah. I have also been I have also been going to shoot my uh, my m 2 compact. I love that little thing uh it's just great it's i mean it's just uh out of the box it's it's stock i haven't done a single thing to it it's just a terrific gun out of the box and it's a great value
2: yeah i still got my m and my original m&p that i got like in 2014 and i'm still carrying it still shooting it i shot a match yesterday with it i went to the carbine match that bob didn't go to where they actually have rifles and i competed with my pistol against all the guys that had rifles I came right in the middle of the pack with my pistol. So,
1: not too bad, but not good. That's, but that's pretty good, though. I mean, because, you know, at, at the rifle carbine matches, the targets are normally much further distance than the pistol matches. And you're going up against people that are fast carbine shooters.
2: Yes, and there's some good guys with the carbines that show up. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fun, but, yeah, I could have shot better, you know, always. You could always shoot better, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we you can. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to probably dedicate 6 months to my MP2.0 and just see exactly how how good I can shoot with that thing cuz it is uh it, it's a fine gun.
2: Well, I keep playing with it and we can go into the what guns do we want now is that I keep I love the Smith and Wesson. That's my favorite feel. I like the grip, I like the sights, I like how it recoils. I like all of the things about it. I really just enjoy the gun. Didn't think I would until I went to an armors class and then started shooting one and bought one, and I went, ooh, this is awesome. Yeah. And I've carried one for going on seven years now, six years, something like that. So I've got tens of thousands of rounds, if not close to 100,000 rounds through the dang thing by now. And it shoots really well for me, except for every time I pick up one of the SIGs, I shoot it better. <laughs> and so I put it against uh, one of the SIGs 320s and I shot it at a local range and I just put up uh, the <coughs> excuse me I put up the dot torture drill because that's the cool accuracy test that I love to play with. And I put it up there at 5 yards where I know I can't always clean it but I get it in the high 40s. So you every shot is one point, and you shoot 50 rounds and it's a bunch of little 5-round groups and you got to do a bunch of things, some of them are left-handed, some of them are right-handed, you got to reload in between, you do all these things and you shoot 50 rounds. It's a cool little test. And Believe it or not, at five yards, I shoot 43 to 45 normally. Well, with my pistol, I shot a 43 or 40, 44 right in there. And then with that 320 that I just, I borrowed it from the range master actually just to shoot them side by side. Cause he goes, Oh, you got to try my pistol. I'm like, sure. I love trying playing with new pistols. Yeah. And I shoot like a 47 with that 320 and I shoot like a 43 with my gun, my carry gun. And that's not, that's with like goofing off with his gun. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. And then we go out to the range, you and me and another friend, uh, John Adine, the doctor over there, and doctor's for responsible gun ownership. He's he's their recruiting member driver. He he loves that thing. But he brings out his 365 XL, his super duper Legion 320,
1: X5 Legion, X5
2: Legion, yeah, and a couple other of them. And I'm shooting the 320s. And then I'm shooting that little XL better than I'm shooting the three twenties.
1: That's interesting, isn't it? And I'm like, what the
2: heck is going on here? So I need to get to the t te- I need to borrow his or borrow yours. I think you just got one if I heard a little birdie told me.
1: A little and- birdie, yes, since we're talking about guns that we want. One of the guns that I've always wanted is a three sixty five XL and voila! One happened to just show up in my safe a couple months ago. I don't know how that happened. <laughs>
2: Yeah, a little birdie told me. So yeah. I really need to go is out to the range and do that five-yard test with that little XL mm-hmm. and see how that shoots. But um, honestly, I don't like it. It feels too small to me. The dang thing gets hotter than snot really fast. I don't like how the trigger seems to break forward of touching the back of the pistol. Everything else, you know, you pull the trigger and it almost touches the magwell all the way back. The XL breaks like halfway between there. Seems really weird to me. It took me a long time shooting that gun to figure out why the heck it, the trigger felt so weird. And then I kind of figured out, oh, because I don't pull the trigger all the way back to my fingers. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get your fingers underneath, around the Mackwell and you pull your finger, your trigger finger back and you feel it go all the way back until it's like touching the other fingers. And then the gun discharges. Well, this one's you know, a good finger length away when it discharges. So it took me a while to figure that out why it felt so weird. But it, just, it was just this weird thing because I've shot so many guns for so long that this one's just different. But I keep shooting it better. My groups are better, my splits seem to be better, my times seem to be better. The only the only major complaint I have about those 365s, and they did the little ones did the same thing and the big one does the same thing, is they get really hot really fast and they don't seem to dissipate heat like some of the bigger guns do. Yeah, they do get
1: hot, that's true.
2: Yeah. Not that it's going to matter in a self-defense situation, you know, you're only going to run a couple mags through it, it won't be a problem. If that. But at a class, yeah, yeah. You're having an awful bad gunfight if you're running a couple mags through it, right? Yeah, no kidding. But other than that, you know, just at a class training it gets hot. and I've seen people come to our class and they get hot hotter than all the other guns and sometimes too hot to touch and don't be carrying it inside the waistband holster with an open, open bottom and try to holster that thing when it's hot because it sucks
1: now some of that has to do with the 100 degree weather we have here in south texas which i think it was almost that hot the last time you shot one yeah that one
2: but i you know we've had other people come through our classes with it when it's been cooler yeah Uh, last november we had somebody come through our class when it was beautiful weather out and that little gun just got hot i do remember
1: that i remember that
2: yeah because normally when i take a gun from a a student is I will just grab it, all my fingers on top by the slide, and then I can hold the gun like that, and it's safe. And then they can take their hands off it, they can shake it off, and then they can grab it, you know, complete grip on the gun, and I still have got control of the gun. They have control of the gun, and it goes downrange and all that. But yeah, grabbing that one, it's too hot to me for me to do that. I yeah, can just hold it like that because <laughs> it was freaking hot.
1: They do just heat it, up. They do yeah. heat up. Yeah. Another gun that that I want to talk about that I want that I want to acquire is. I'm going to do like you and a lot of other people out there. I'm going to get myself a good size revolver. I haven't figured out which one yet because there's so many of them, just like semi automatics, but i got to get me a revolver.
2: Well, they're fun. Smith yep. and Wessner Ruger are my favorites. I've shot them all, and uh, Smith and Wessner are Ruger, so just pick one.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm gonna do. The, I'm gonna follow my own advice that I give everybody. Is I'm gonna try four or five different ones before I actually buy one. Yeah, and I don't know
2: to get better. It'll help you be a better trigger puller. Because pulling that double action revolver, it's really great to get a good, good trigger pull.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Plus, it, the reason I want to get one, is kind of a hedge, kind of a hedge in case uh, in case uh, these uh, wacky politicians are, are successful in getting a lot of gun control pushed forth. I hope we, they don't. I hope they're not successful. But just in case, I'm a preparedness-minded guy. I want to have a revolver, you know, a Joe Biden gun. So I have something to shoot, you know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. A
2: Joe Biden gun is going to be a freaking musket.
1: A it's Joe Biden gun. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, let's not all forget about Biden Tactical. Remember Biden Tactical that, that said just go out on your front porch and, and get a double-barrel shotgun and blast it up in the air, and, and that'll get rid of the bad guys?
2: Or shoot through the door with your 12-gauge.
1: Yeah. You remember yeah. he said that? You remember when he said yep. that? He was He was the vice president at that time. And so, anyway... I don't want to get too political, but but I do want to get a revolver for that reason and also to learn just to learn how to get better at shooting revolvers and to, uh, like you said, it'll actually improve shooting skills on a semi-auto if I get a revolver.
2: Yeah, it does for me. But, you know, I want to go the other way and get my Biden gun. I want to get the guns that Biden is going to outlaw right away. <laughs> I,
0: want
2: a, I want another CZ Scorpion. I want the pistol version with the folding pistol brace and I want to get a binary trigger for it. And I just want to deck it out and make it my bag gun to carry around. And, oh, I want to get a suppressor for it, too. So there you all go. of the things that, you know, would piss off somebody trying to take guns, I want to have the gun that would piss them all off. I want to hold it up and be like, ha look at my gun.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, I'm with you on that. And so since we're talking about, you know, guns like that, another one I want to get that's really high on my list is i want to get the shadow systems mr920 and if you do a little research on that it's kind of like a really tricked out glock 19.
2: Uh, that's too much work for me there's too many perfect glocks out there i don't know what to call them like that where they'd like hey we've taken the glock and we've made it better <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. Well, there's some things that they have done to it, and I haven't had a chance to shoot one, and and I really want to. But there there's some things that that they have done to it that I think improves the platform a lot. And if if you were to do that to your own Glock or M&P or whatever you have, it's it's going to cost far more than just buying one of theirs. It's I'm kind of intrigued by it.
2: Uh, too many Gucci Glocks out there for me.
1: It is, yeah, I guess it would be considered a Gucci Glock, yeah. <laughs> but it's got a couple of th- cool things. Uh, one of the things I learned is it's got a back strap that you can, you, you, I think you get like three or four of them, and one of them makes it feel a little bit more 1911-ish. So I think that would be kind of cool.
2: Yeah, that would be nice to get a Glock that would sit straight up and down instead of forward, but there's a lot of problems with that. And, uh, engineering and physics you know yeah everybody says they break the physics but it doesn't it's all it's all the same i don't know if it's
1: really possible to break physics
2: no but at least i'm looking at the gun and they did the one thing that glock never figured out and most companies kind of skip is they did the undercut for the trigger guard
1: well, not only that, not only that, the undercut and the trigger guard, but Shadow Systems has also put what they call a gas pedal on both sides of the gun where your weak hand thumb rests if you're doing the thumbs forward grip. And that actually helps you to control recoil if you know how to use it right.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I'd like Honestly, to
0: try
2: it. I'm going back and I keep shooting and I keep trying to get this perfect grip where I just grip the crap out of the gun, and it doesn't recoil. And I really can't. I It just it moves too much for me. I'm not tracking the sights. And it's just not, I don't know. I'm not, and I'm shooting low and left every single time, or a little bit low. And yesterday, that's all my points down. Guess where they were? Low. Low and I left. The recoil. Well, I've got it to where they're no longer low and left for me. I've gotten the low and left out of there, but they're all low. So I've got half of the problem solved, right? But, yeah, they're just underneath the zero down ring, about an inch. And both the rounds, I'm so consistent that both of them are within a quarter of each other, just down. So I know I'm consistently anticipating the recoil, pushing that muzzle down, trying to keep it down to get that next shot off. And when I go back and just, I used to shoot a 1911. I just used to let it recoil, and I watched that front sight come up, and that front sight go back down. And I could track the sight the whole time, and it would just pop back in there. When I start shooting guns like that more, I lose, I don't know, five hundredths of a second to three hundredths of a second in my split, but my accuracy goes way up. So I'm trying to train myself to go back to that. Just let the gun recoil, let the slide come back, and then the force of the slide going forward to slap the gun back down and on target. So the whole gas pedal thing, I don't know. I haven't shot one with a giant ledge on it to try to see if that'll work or not to keep it from moving up on me and have it go straight back, I think I'm giving it up. And since I want to go to a SIG, your whole problem with the SIG 320 series is that the bore axis is so high. Quite a is bit, it, yeah. The bore axis is how high the, the barrel sits above your hands. Mm-hmm. So that's a super easy explanation of that. But it's much higher on the SIG. It's much higher on a 1911 than it is in a Glock or an mP or any other gun out there. So I think I'm going to give it up and just go back to the SIG and shoot what I know. And I'm never going to make, I'm never going to be Jerry Micklick and shoot 1,100 splits. I'm going to have to be happy with, you know, I don't know, 0.17 to 0.2 splits. So, eh, you know, I'll survive shooting five rounds a second, I bet.
1: Well, let me throw this out as an idea. If your challenge is shooting a little low, how about just aiming a little high? (laughs) oh Oh, yeah 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 i I had to throw that in there but um i used to do that
2: (laughs) and yeah it works sometimes and it doesn't work all the times and it's just a lot of extra work and i don't
1: know it's a joke it's a joke
2: (laughs) well i used to do that actually i used to aim at the top of the circle oh okay there you go so when i did that if i didn't anticipate the recoil they'd be on the top of the circle and if i anticipated the recoil they'd be at the bottom of the circle but no i i should be doing this better right
1: yeah 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 and another thing i want to get another i want to talk about something else i want to get is probably and this is probably what i should get is save the money that i was going to spend on a new gun and just buy as much freaking ammo as i can afford because you know that that does more for you, I think, than a new gun. Yes,
2: actually, getting out there and shooting, taking a class, working on stuff, that will make you way better than a new gun. Yeah. And unless you can shoot the gun side by side and say, okay, this one I'm shooting better, I don't believe that the gun matters. Not much, and not much besides at all. Besides no. That, a little bit on. So a little bit for you, Bob. Your skills go up when you get a new gun, and it's not because you got a new gun, but it is because when you get a new gun. You go out and shoot it more. I go out and shoot it more. You're right. So then, you know, you get excited about the new toy. You've got to test it. I need to make it work. So I'm going to go shoot a couple competitions. I'm going to go out the range and test it. I'm going to go out and shoot some groups. I'm going to go out and shoot uh, some matches. And I'm going to put up some stages, and I'm going to try that. So And then you get to dry firing it more because it's your new toy. So that's how you get better at shooting every time you buy a new gun is because it's your new toy and you go play with it more and it makes you shoot and practice more.
1: But I'm going to counteract that a little bit right now. Uh, last weekend, I shot great for for my skill level and for my normal shooting uh, pattern. And I went back to my old, boring, reliable third-generation Glock 19. And, and, you know, it's just because I've shot that thing so much, I've learned to get good with it well, maybe you should just give up the hunt and shoot a
2: Glock 19 <laughs> Gen 3. You know, if you want to play with an optic, just slap an optic on top of it because there's enough of those slides and slide cuts running around, and yeah, you have a test pad. And the one thing I miss about the Glock, and I carried a Glock 19 for a long time just because it was what was issued to me. I never liked the Glock. I never have, probably never will, except for that it was the most common gun and still is in the world. So as a test bed for everything, Everybody makes their thing for the Glock. So whatever it is, they make it for the Glock. You want to try a different holster? I guarantee they make one for a Glock 19. Of course. You want to try a different set of sights? I guarantee they make them for the Glock 19. And triggers and everything else, every company that makes a trigger makes one for a Glock 19, all of that stuff. Everything. it's kind of cool. When yeah, I was shooting a Glock 19. We could we could play test bed with everything, and that was awesome. And then you and I, when we were teaching classes, and we both had Glock 19s, we just toss magazines back and forth and stuff, and extra holsters and ex, You know, one of us would bring the extra holsters and mags, the other one would bring the extra gun when we traveled. So we always have an extra Glock 19 running around, and it's amazing how many times we used that thing. Remember that? I do. I do, I we do, yes. In Seattle that one time, and yes, uh, the Gucci Glock failed the one guy that he had gave to his kid and the dang thing wouldn't run. He was so mad when I just took it from him and handed him a stock Glock 19 out of my bag and said use this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that.
2: Dang thing, dang thing run ran without a hiccup the rest of the course. Yeah, he I think I was,
1: Yeah, and I think I had to give moves. him a holster or something or like a couple of magazines or whatever. Glock 19. I think it was magazines. I had to give him a couple of magazines for it. I don't know.
2: I was just so I because it was a 2-day course and by the end of like the first half of day one, not even the first half, like three quarters, a quarter way through the day, I was done watching this kid trying to, and I say kid, but he was like 25, trying to run that gun and when it just kept malfunctioning and getting stuck, and I swear it was broken inside, and I'm like, that's it. Give me that. Yeah,
1: that's just it. Just take this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so we kind of covered uh, the, the topic of, of what do we want. Anything else you want to talk about that's on your wish list?
2: Well... I want to be more practical and go back to my show a little bit you know modern self-protection um i'm i want that scorpion because i want a bag gun i want something i can carry with me all the time over this last year with covid 19 and 2020 it covid 19 and 2020 and now it's 2021 yeah. i feel like yeah. i can i can count now but <laughs> it's just i i think everywhere In some of the big cities, we've seen the numbers already that crime is up two or three hundred percent and murders are up the same. Chicago is bleeding. New York is bleeding. I'm sure L.A. is not doing much better. Even here in San Antonio, I bet the crime stats are way up. They're not going to come out until probably July or August, maybe even September of this year for last year, because that's how far behind they are normally. But I'm. I'm betting that everywhere crime is going to be up 10 to 30% across the country.
1: You're right, Things but have you something. noticed something that the so-called news is not really talking about that? Oh, I don't. See, you you
2: pay attention to the news? I gave up paying attention to them about halfway through last year. I was just tired of all this COVID crap and somebody sends me crap and every I don't understand all the memes all the time on Facebook and on Instagram now. I asked my wife, I'm like, "Why is the Coca-Cola bear now a black bear instead of a white bear? (laughs) (laughs) what happened? Because I'm not watching the news. I just don't care. And when I find something like that, I'll dig into it and I think it's funny or I'll have my wife explain it to me in two minutes on what's going on. So I don't have to pay attention to the... uh, I don't care. I don't care where you get it right now. They're all lying liars. It's all just infotainment. Lying liars. (laughs) They don't care as long as your eyeballs watch that TV so they can sell more ads so they can make more money for the giant, huge conglomeration that owns that channel.
1: You're pretty much right about that, yeah.
2: And I'm just done.
1: So when I want to know something,
2: somebody will tell me, or I'll just look it up real quick. You know, when I saw the black bear that says, now I work for Coca-Cola, I'm like, what the heck happened? Two minutes of internet searching, and it was like, oh, Coca-Cola did a special, we want to be less white campaign, and taught it to all their employees. Their
1: employees, yes, yes. And I'm like, just... Whatever. (laughs) You know, they they never explain how to do that. How do you become less white? Um, You know, I mean, for me, it's kind of tough because I'm actually mostly Puerto Rican and Jewish, so it's going to be kind of hard. I mean, my face looks white, but I'm I don't have really much white blood in me, Um, and uh, so so I'm. How do I be less white? I guess you should have taken Coca Cola's class. I guess have. I should have. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, because the you know the Puerto Rican Jew in me uh, is is kind of like well, uh, you know that that like I said, even though I look white, um, I ain't I ain't mostly white.
2: I don't know. I'm just so done with all that crap. I don't watch the news. I don't care. It's relatively funny when Coca Cola does it. It's kind of funny that. Mr. Potato Head has now been castrated.
1: Oh yeah. You know, Dr. Seuss I, is canceled, too.
2: And Dr. Seuss is canceled. What you know oh. what did Dr. Seuss? It made his books worth $500 a piece.
1: No kidding. I mean, that's amazing. I that just, is amazing. That's amazing. If you got a, I would I would say if somebody's got a Dr. Seuss book right now, head to a pawn shop real quick and if you need money, sell that thing. It's worth a lot of money. <laughs>
2: You know what? My kids got crap tons of books lying around.
1: <laughs> you might have a gold mine sitting there, Ben.
2: At five hundred bucks a piece, if I have two or three of them, I might be able to buy both the guns I want.
1: Well, I'm telling you what. I'm telling you what. Um, uh, you know, you're sitting on a gold mine if you got Dr. Seuss books. And and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that they canceled Dr. Seuss because the world's a better place now, isn't it?
2: And he did all his racist things back in World War II. Yeah, <laughs> is when he did his supposed racist cartoons. Supposed and racist. And he yeah. didn't write the Dr. Seuss books until like the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Yeah. So.
1: So are we, we all gonna look. We can all gonna look back on this and in, in 40 years and say, Oh, America changed when they canceled Dr. Seuss.
2: It's gonna be. It's gonna be one of the data points in the systemic problems that we're having in the country and it's not (laughs) systemic racism let me help you with the hard ones here (laughs) we have other bigger problems in the united states right now maybe we we should look at those
1: we certainly do
2: yes i feel like every time the politicians start talking about it it's because they're trying to hide something else that they're doing
1: so let's get into the next topic because that's a good statement Uh so the, the third topic i wanted to cover is potential gun control coming our way and uh Let's talk about what you and I think is going to happen or and what we should do if it does happen. You want to start? Well, magazines
2: are still relatively cheap. Now is a good time to stock
1: up. That's correct. If you're
2: afraid of everything, go down to the gun, sh- the gun show with 20s in your pocket or $100 bills and say, Hi, my name is Mike, Mike Johnson, and buy magazines for cash only. And then, you know, that's nothing illegal about that. There's no problems with that. And then they can never be traced back to you, because you know you spent twenties. If you're really afraid of it, but those are the that's the thing that really has the chance right now is the magazines. The next thing on the list is probably the guns. I mean, guns are hard to find right now. They're expensive. I haven't looked up the price on the two guns I want. I did see a. Uh, uh, the three sixty five XL that I almost pulled the trigger on and I almost bought it, but I thought my wife would shoot me with it if I did. <laughs> for like six hundred and fifty dollars at Academy, which I think is a little bit overpriced, but really not that bad. Probably a hundred dollars overpriced. I
1: paid five ninety nine for mine. No, so
2: there you go. So mine that one was fifty dollars overpriced.
1: Right. No, mine was overpriced at five ninety nine.
2: Well, so guns are not too badly overpriced if you can find them. We, you got to have that if you can find them because I think the MSRP yeah. on that thing is about 599 so generally we pay $100 or $200 under MSRP, and that is kind of crazy, too, that we were in this golden age of guns for four years under Trump, yeah. and most of us ignored it when guns, you couldn't give them away that the factory prices were so low. You know, the Gunwood MSRP at $600, and we're out there buying at street prices for 400 and 430 And then we're complaining about everything. And ammo, I was buying 9mm ammo for 14 and $0.15 cents a round. Mm-hmm. And now I found a smoking deal yesterday for $0.50 cents a round for steel-cased crap.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I lucked out about three weeks ago. I went to Academy Sports and Outdoors for people that are not from this part of the country it's it's just like a big you know sporting goods store and i i got 3 boxes of 200 round steel case and i think it was about 33 cents a round i got lucky
2: yeah and yeah i hate to say this out loud but i'm gonna say it cuz somebody from academy of high up might be listening but some of these big chain stores are too stupid to change their pricing Academy is. <laughs> She's stupid. To quiet, change their
1: quiet, quiet, quiet. Oh, oh man. Come on. <laughs>
2: well, if they raise their prices 20%, we'd still be happy to buy it and it might actually be in stock.
1: Yeah, yeah that's but true. But
2: instead, what they do is they most of the people that buy it aren't you, Bob. I go to the gun shows and I see the Academy brand, Monarch, out there. If you see any Monarch Animo, that's what it Academy's was. Academy's brand. It okay? was Monarch, yeah. And I see them you know you bought it for 30 cents around and then i see it on the table at the gun show for a dollar around
1: yeah all now that doing, that i don't
2: like well all they're doing is perpetuating the problem by making it that cheap so that they can go so other people can go out and make money off of it so i'm just kind of i want them to raise the prices 10 or 20 percent so those people quit doing that so there's freaking ammo for you and me to buy on the shelf and something around 50 cents around which i'm like Hey, smoking deal right now it is because everything's a dollar around. Yeah. So that brings me to the last thing that you want to stock up on is probably ammo right now. Exactly. You need to have, and I'll go back to what I said in, I said it in 2008, I said it in 2012, and probably 2016. You need to have a couple combat loadouts and it, and some to practice with. So I'm keeping a thousand rounds of brass ammo on on tap just because I get opportunities to go with classes sometimes that. Because I'm a podcaster, I get invited, and I want to have enough ammo on hand. And then I keep 1,500 rounds of steel cased on tap for the same thing, 1,000 rounds if I go to a class, and 500 rounds to shoot. When I shoot out that 500, I just suck it up, find whatever price I can, and then replace it. I just bought a case, half case, 500 rounds of steel crap, for $385, and it still hurts.
1: Mm, <laughs> yeah, just keep I bet it shooting. does.
2: But then with my rifle and stuff, I have a couple combat loadouts with all my rifles, and that's it. it you're not going to fight the freaking zombie apocalypse. Don't worry about it. When ammo prices start going down, and they go down back to, and they'll go down.
1: They will what eventually.
2: Says I've been through this. I'm getting old, Bob. At least in the shooting world. I was talking to somebody at the match yesterday. I'm like, frick, I'm old in the shooting world. I'm really So am I. Old so am old. I. <laughs> but, well, you're still young in the shooting world compared to me. You've been doing this for 15 years now?
1: Uh, almost 16.
2: I can remember the problems of 92, 98, yeah.
1: 2001. Yeah, you are an old codger then, aren't you? Yeah,
2: 2008, 2012, and now 2020. So yeah, I I, re- I see all of these shortages, and all these problems. It's been coming, it's come and gone, come and gone, come and gone, come and gone. And this one too shall pass. Yes, and we'll see what federal laws come down. But I have a lot of hope, and I'm going to be hopeful yeah. because I already see some of the laws that are being proposed, and they're not going anywhere yet, which is awesome. But you know, we had Obama for eight years. Yeah. And right in the middle of President Obama, we had his second term, and we had the worst school shooting that probably ever. Sandy been. Hook. Yeah. At least in the United States, it's ever happened, and I hope that ever will happen in the United States because it was horrible. And no federal gun laws came down. Yes, they – I'm going to say something bad here. They dicked with other with firearms owners and everything else in other ways, and that's probably going to happen this time. But I have hope because we fought that as gun owners together. We stood up together, and we said, that here's the line, and you're, you're stepping dangerously close to it. We're done. You know, and after the crime bill in 94 from Clinton, you know, that's another one, 94. Uh, I remember that. You know, he can Clinton came out on that the next year on his State of the Union. And he goes, hey, there's a lot of new faces here in Congress, but it was worth it because we put that crime bill through. You know, yeah. The Clinton gun ban. And, you know, all those senators and everything went out. <laughs> just threw us under the bus. You yeah. They all, they all thought easy
1: for you to say, president, you know, <laughs> you know.
2: I mean, before that, Congress and uh, the Senate belonged to Democrats for a long time, and then they both switched over to Republican, and since then, they've bounced back and forth, which is probably better for the country than anything else, but I'm hoping they all look at that, too, and say that, hey, you know what? They can either look at it two ways. either In two years, it's either going to bounce, and the Republicans are going to take control of both, or and so they can do whatever they want, or they're going to try to hold on to their power, which... I'm going to say number two, they're going to try to hold under the power because this is what these sleazy scumbags do. They don't really give a crap about you and me. They give a crap about the power that they hold in the seat of office. And the money they make. Yep, why they're doing it. Yeah. So they're going to talk a lot. You're going to hear a lot of blowhard and a lot of stuff until something is coming to the floor to be voted on. We just need to be patient as gun owners and take a deep breath. When, it comes, when stuff's going to come to the floor and get voted on, We need to pick up the phone. We need to rattle some sabers. We need to chalk up and clog up the lines of every freaking senator and House House representative that you have and just vote no on that bill. Vote no on that bill. Vote no on the bill. And just, like, call. Say, hey, I'm Ben. Vote no on that bill. Hang up. Call back. And just, like, make it so that they think there's a billion people out there that are against this bill. And then they'll be like, hmm. And then what you'll get is then you'll get a lot of pandering. And let me put on my Notre Dame's hat here is that it'll be defeated by two or three votes, maybe just one. And they'll blame the Republicans on it.
1: Yeah. Well, and let me let me uh, key in on something you're saying, because it's it's very important to know. Um, A lot of people got freaked out when. When when Biden ended up being the president, because a lot of gun owners got freaked out because they thought that, you know, Biden was going to do this and do that and do this. Really, there's not a lot he can do by executive order other than direct the ATF on some things. Everything else has got to be an act of Congress. Everything
2: should be an act of Congress. We'll see what he does. Um, I. Well, we back he to can tr- he can try to Biden.
1: give whatever order he wants, but it's not it's not binding if it changes gun laws, that has but to go through go it's through Congress.
2: Can. Well, let's go back to Trump. I like Trump, but I wanted to smack the daylight out of him when he put the bump stocks before ATF and said, "Hey, you guys need to outlaw these." And somehow ATF came back with the whole thing that, "Oh yeah, we made a mistake. These are actually machine guns. You can't own one of these."
1: Yeah, I get that. That's a good example. That's a good. Example. But where I'm going with this is Biden by himself just can't say, OK, magazines over 10 rounds are illegal. That's got to That's got to be that was part of if you remember back in 94, that was yeah. part of the Clinton assault weapons ban. But that went through Congress. Oh, I. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, so you're talking about how it's supposed to work. I'm looking at more of how it's been working lately. How it and might and come it down, is, right? It pisses me the F off yeah. that any president did it. And it, and, and you might think I'm, I, I am an equal opportunity hater here. I hate both sides of the dichotomy when it comes to the news, and I hate both sides of the dichotomy when it comes to that aisle that separates people up there in Washington. I hate them both because Republican presidents have done it. And Democratic presidents have done it. They've signed executive orders that screws you and me and all our listeners out of our civil rights because they think it's good for, better for the country. And this will make us better as a people. And the one thing they don't say that they really mean, it's the collective good.
1: Yeah, well, that's, and that's a bunch of garbage. Oh,
2: I could, if I could get in a room with some of those people, you know, get my hands on them. I'll show you the collective good. Come here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let's get back to this bumps, bump stocks thing. Okay. That was basically an inter- a reinterpretation by the ATF. They kind of reinterpreted that because if I remember right, the ATF first said, yeah, those are okay. And then after the whole Vegas shooting thing, they reinterpreted their own opinion and said, no, they're not okay anymore. Right. Isn't that how that pretty much happened? yes okay
2: president Trump said you're gonna he he how did he how do they put it he implored them to relook at their decision yeah yeah but and I think it's they did with his in you know his thought and it was no secret that at the time he wanted to ban them too so lo and behold what happened they got banned yeah and we can start going back on this stuff forever ATF is a rogue agency that needs to go away flat out they just need to be disbanded and sucked into the fbi or some other thing
1: well i'll agree with you on that for sure
2: they are horrible they make their own laws they think they're above reproach they think they can do whatever they want to whomever they want whenever they want without any reprisals i mean the stuff that was done i mean where do you want to go where 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 should we start on that crap
1: (laughs) we don't have time for that but i will say this um If you want to bring up the magazine issue for a minute, they really don't have the authority to say any magazine over 10 rounds is not legal. The ATF doesn't really have that authority. They can reinterpret. They can change their minds on policies that they set earlier. And they've never set a policy. The ATF have never set a policy that magazines over 10 rounds are illegal. They've never done that. No. yeah, Yeah.
2: They've changed what can be imported and what cannot.
1: Correct. Now, that's true. That's true. The, yes.
2: So let me let me put on my, my super-duper hat on what's going to happen now.
1: Okay, go ahead. in the
2: next two years, it will be illegal to import any magazine over 10 rounds into the United States of America. Yep. Uh, I'll just – if it doesn't happen by the end of this year, I'll be surprised. If it happens by the end of next year, you know, I'll be – on track.
1: But, but there are a lot of American-made magazines that are well over 10 rounds.
2: Yeah, but the ATF can ban all those ones coming in from Korea that we buy cheap for our Glocks. That, um,
1: oh, and the Mekgars that Mekars, come in from Italy. And yep. uh, I think Sig's mags are, are imported too, aren't they?
2: Well, I mean, the dirty secret is Mekgar probably makes half of the magazines for half of the guns out there right now.
1: Right. I mean, they just
2: do it well. They do it cheap. And so, Yeah. You know that's going to be that's going to put a dent in our supply line for every for everything for guns for magazines. You know they're going to have to bring all that stuff in house. Well, and they, they would
1: drive it. the price of American made magazines way up.
2: Yeah, and then what part are they going to say where where is the actual mag uh, the assembly? If you buy all the parts overseas and you assemble it here, or you just buy the springs and the follower like Smith and Wesson does, they buy it. Smith and Wesson buys the springs and the followers for their magazines from a quote Italian company. I can't imagine which. Italian company Gee, I wonder met which one it quotes. is. Metcar is an Italian company. Let me let me be real clear here. But they won't tell you which one, but they buy all their springs and followers, and I think they're base plates from them. But, you know, is that manufacturing? Uh, is ATF going to redo their rule and say that you can't do that because you're importing parts of a magazine that will be put together that have more than 10 rounds
1: but even if they do that even if they change that rule this is america american ingenuity and american companies will start making those magazines and once they can make them with enough volume they'll be available and the price will go down
2: yes they will but in the meantime it'll be a huge hiccup in our supply line and all the stuff that we buy and i think you'll see magazines sprout out to a hundred $100 hundred dollars a mag again,
1: which underscores your point you made earlier. Get stocked up on magazines.
2: Mag's are cheap right now. If you do not have a dozen magazines for all of your guns, I'd say you're probably wrong. Yeah, if you're a shooter and you listen to this. And you magazines wear out. It's what they do. You step do. on them, you drop them. Base plates break, springs go bad. If you're like me, you step on them and they bend, and then they're no good. And you know all that stuff happens. Or you just drop them on the concrete and they break. If you're running plastic mags or something now is a good time to stock up on that stuff which reminds me i need to buy about a dozen mags for my scorpion <laughs> yeah there that you needs go to be next on my list
1: that that needs to be next on your list a- ammo and magazines <laughs> ammo and magazines uh yeah. you know that's it's tempting to go out and buy new guns but we often neglect the the basic necessities things like ammo and magazines right yeah, and I just want that Sig because I want
2: the Sig. My Smith yep. and Wesson works fine, and I could I could drive on with it. I probably should start replacing some parts in it because it's got <laughs> I probably got close to a hundred thousand rounds through that in the last six years. To be honest with you, and I shot it yesterday and it just trucks along. So I should Good. probably replace the spring. I should probably just do all the springs in it <laughs> just to keep it running. But it trucks along. Oh no no. I, let me take the back. I had a malfunction yesterday and I don't know what happened. Oh, okay. I, I did a reload, and I did something funky, and I don't know what I did when I hit the reload and I let the slide go forward, and it didn't go into battery. Yee. Okay. And it stuck out, so all I did was tap rack, uh, live round came out, a fresh one went in, and I went back to work. And I can't tell on the – I actually have a video of it. You can tell there's a malfunction there in the video, but I can't tell what happened because the guy – my my SO – stepped in front of my videographer at just the wrong point when I was trying to clear the malfunction. You can't see what happened. So I take it back. I had one malfunction yesterday out of 100 rounds, and I was running the gun pretty hard. And that's the that's the last malfunction I can remember on that gun, except for when the front sight fell off and I broke the gun a couple years ago. So well,
1: that's a pretty good track record.
2: It's, I think it's probably the most reliable gun I've ever had, and that includes the, the four Glock 19s I've had. Yes, I broke all of them. <laughs> no, it didn't break. I've had three Glock 19s. I take that back.
1: You and broke, broke an M&P, end. too, didn't you?
2: Yeah. Well, the M&P, the only thing I broke was that front sight. Oh, okay. Front sight. But the Glock 19, I wore flat out wore one out. Uh piece broke off the other one, and the third one is still in my safe. My wife loves it, and she keeps it. So that, that's actually her gun. But they all. I've broken two out of three, so... I don't know what to tell you. You need to stop
1: doing that now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to buy some SIGs and break them next.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can. I think you can probably break anything though.
2: Yeah, well, because I'm that one gun man. I don't. You switch back and forth, so your guns don't really get worn out. You get you know, five, ten thousand rounds through your gun, which is cool for a lifetime. But you know, you're shooting five different guns, and you put you know three thousand, a thousand, or two thousand rounds through each of them a year. And I just shoot the one gun, and I put just as many rounds through that one gun as you do five different guns throughout the year. And that's so why years really wear to... out faster. It, you really get to see if I'm going to break something or not. If, it's gonna, if something's going to break, by God, I will break it. I Trust me.
1: If it's possible, you'll break it, right? Yep. <laughs> and I
2: will. And I have. And...
1: Well, Ben, Anyways. this is uh this is a good stopping point. Uh we've I think we've put out a lot of information and again, I got to thank you for just uh with a with a short notice, I I called you up and I said, <laughs> "I need to do something for my show this week. Can you help me out?" And you were right there to help me out. So, I owe you one now.
2: Uh, I don't know. I probably owe you a couple too. So, uh <laughs> next time I'll let you buy the beer. How's that?
1: I'll buy the beer. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I'll do that.
2: Actually, I probably owe you because last time we went out, you bought dinner. So I did. You know, we're keeping score. So now we're even or I owe you dinner. I don't know. Maybe I'll <laughs> buy the beer
1: next time. Well, let's finish up by uh, talking about what people should do to support both of our shows because you and I both work hard and it's just kind of like a side gig for us. But we need a little bit of help, so what can they do?
2: Yes, it costs us hundreds of dollars a year to run these shows. It seems like it should be free, but it's not. So you can do a couple things. I know, Bob, you got the Patreon account. Go give Bob some money over there. We run the Shooters Club members site together. That's ShootersClubMembers.com. Go over there. Sign up for a membership. It's super cheap. Uh, i got a dry fire course up there. I'm trying to do more stuff that you don't need ammo for to train because, well, there's no ammo. (laughs) So there's a great dry fire course up there. And then there's 60, 70, 80 videos of things that you can learn. 85. Look at it. Bob, Bob did the count before. Might even be a couple more than that. We keep adding stuff all the time, but there's stuff from the basics on trigger control all the way up to how to do team tactics in there with a pistol, with a rifle. Um, I'm going to start working on a class on combat leadership and try to put that up there too. Things that we can do without a gun to learn more. So go over to shootersclubmembers.com, sign up for a membership. Whether you get a monthly membership or an annual membership, you get all of it, access to everything. And it'll take you a couple years probably to go through the backlog. So I'm not worried about you getting signing up for a month and getting it all because you'll never all you'll never learn it in a month.
1: No, you won't. And if you've never been to one of our classes, you can take a video version of our class because I bet we've got eighty five to ninety percent of it on the shooter's club. I think we've
2: got everything that you could do without being in a class. There's one drill that we do that you'd have to be in the class to learn Correct. And really get everything out of it. But everything else is up there. You can learn. You can go through. Maybe one of these days me and Bob will sit down and organize it all and just put it through our classes so that you can see everything. That's
1: a good idea, yeah.
2: But we are super busy with real jobs, real families, and real lives. We just do this as a side hustle. Well, to help you out, and we have fun. It's
1: so we could use your creator. help. None of us have really super high-paid sponsors sending us money every month. You, you hear a lot of shows like that, and it's interesting. It takes the host you know, five minutes in the beginning of the podcast to get through all of his or her sponsors. We we don't do that.
2: Yeah, I know we sponsors have come and go a little bit with us, but it's everything that we would use or carry. So I wouldn't carry some tools. I won't throw anybody under the bus right now. But I wouldn't take a sponsorship from that person. But I wouldn't mind to have a couple of big league sponsors. So if you work for Smith & Wesson, <laughs> hey, I'm your torture test guy. If you work from for SIG, I could use a couple of pistols, and I'll, you could sponsor my, my show, right?
1: Yeah, and mine too, because I own a couple of SIG pistols, so I would like to... I'd like to talk more about it, but I also, I don't want our, our shows to, or my show at least, I'll speak for myself. I don't want it to get too commercialized. So that's why we ask listeners like you who are listening to this to support us, please.
2: Definitely. And I, I won't end up like some of the other gun shows out there where half of the show seems to be sponsors. It's a 45 minute show and you spend about 20 to 30 minutes talking about sponsors. No couple minutes up front or a couple minutes in the middle of the show yes and we're in and out or you get to listen to the couple minutes at the end of the show me and bob pimp our own stuff like the shooters club members like
1: we're so doing right now <laughs>
2: go over to shooters club members.com and sign up
1: <laughs> yeah all right ben thanks again i appreciate this very much and uh i'm gonna put this out right away within a couple of hours
2: well cool and this is this
1: is mine and bob's
2: excuse to catch up too because we would talk about politics we could go on that politic thing probably for two or three hours over dinner one night
1: we could so do we, that
2: Yep. it's kind of us just getting together and bs and you get to hang out with us <laughs> have a virtual beer with us and hang out and listen to us talk about politics
1: there we go and we enjoy any feedback you guys have about this show so i can be reached at handgunworld at gmail.com and also on facebook and where can they reach you ben
2: Ben at ModernSelfProtection.com and send all your hate mail to HandgunWorld at Gmail. At
1: gmail.com. I'll take it. I'll take all the hate mail. That's fine. I, I actually enjoy getting it because uh, sometimes I learn stuff from it.
2: I get some good stuff every once in a while, and then I get other stuff. Like, apparently, I can't spell. Everybody that read one of my last posts, I, <laughs> cork. I can't spell quirk. <laughs> I use the word all the time, but apparently I can't spell it when I put it into the post, and none of my software helped me spell put the right quirk in there.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
2: A quirk is something weird about a gun, and a quirk is also a piece of some atom or something. So you got to get the right quirk in there.
1: Ah, I see. Well, we'll work on that, okay, okay Ben?
2: Yeah, a listener pointed it out, and now yeah. I know it's spelled with an I.
1: Thank yeah. You okay. Good. <laughs> Work on that. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining. I appreciate it very much. Uh, have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Ben Branham. As we mentioned, check out his podcast at Modern Self-Protection. And I forgot to mention while I was interviewing Ben that we still may be open to doing some classes in your area But we would need you to call us up or email us or whatever, and let's discuss it. We haven't stopped doing classes, but we just need to make sure that we have enough people that are going to for sure take the class, if we have to travel, to make it financially worthwhile. But get in touch with us, handgunworld at gmail.com, protection at gmail.com, and let's discuss it. My Amazon store is also alive and well. You can support me that way without spending any extra money. Go to handgunworld.com. Go to my Amazon store and then log into your account and make your purchases and all kinds of good stuff like that. And with all that said, folks, I hope you got something out of this. I know I did. Every time I interview any guests, I always learn something. Keep an open mind, folks. Shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you next week
0: goodbye hanging with a new crowd that dress like the undead if you're jumping bail you know he's gonna find you so you better figure out where you're gonna run to where you gonna run to now He got snakes on a plane. The bounty hunters coming and don't care if you're afraid.